Lost two cities, lovely ones, and vaster, some realms I own, two rivers, a continent. I missed them, but it wasn't a disaster. Welcome to the stack. So I am, well, finally, after a year and a half, so having nothing to even do with COVID for why it was delayed the first time for. I, and actually now, I think we can say two years uh, plus in the making uh, move uh, back to Asia um, will happen tomorrow if everybody gets a negative COVID test this morning. Is that, is that today? Okay. Yeah. So, so, and it's, of course, I mean, you'll appreciate that. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, but I, I tell you, I mean, like it's... Um, fucking really hard to figure out what people want in this day and age as far as governments and travel i mean like i'm surprised anybody bothers to do anything um so in order to get into hong kong we need to have a negative test 72 hours from the final flight to hong kong which in our case is from another asian country because there's no direct flights and so you have so the countdown comes from whatever like three hours there and because of everything how hard it is to get to asia anyways like basically we have like a 40-hour flight so you have a 30-hour window to get a covid test and a result many places it takes 24 to 48 hours so i have found a place that says they can do it in get you a result in 30 minutes so i'm guessing they're just giving you like fake results or something i don't know i hope so because i you know i just want a negative um but then like you need to have proof from a government website like it can't be like on the um the labs form they want a proof from a government website that this place is like authorized to perform tests Right. And they're like, I'll tell you, like such a list does not exist. Um, Mm -hmm. And or like not in any searchable form. I mean, like I'm not like super online, but I I was able to finally use Google Foo to find something that I hope is satisfactory. But I mean, like, you know, there's no way they, they just don't tell you what they want in like a seat in a reasonable way and then like the names that everybody gives to the sort of test that they're going to allow is all different right it's like right. you know nucleic acid pcr rapid test blah 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 and it makes me sick um so anyway so like that's that's like one piece of the puzzle and then um I did get the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine because I'll be able to get the second when I get there, hopefully in like the window. Um, And I think that's a mess too, because everybody that I know who's gotten it has had different side effects, like on a wide array of different side effects. What, did you get any side effects? I did. Like it felt like a bullet ant. Have you heard about bullet ants in South America? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It so was, it was really painful at the at the injection site. 
it was i mean like not right away but like it, it felt like just like a really terrible burning bruise for say 18 hours like i couldn't sleep it was that bad yeah and then um the next day it just still felt very sore and bruised and i'd say like you know sort of suddenly like 36 hours like you don't feel anything anymore um yeah my brother got it. <laughs> you feel nothing anymore. Just a, yeah, a, yeah, an right, empty right, hole. Right, right, exactly. Rub. Exactly. Exactly. It's like I yeah. can't even move my left arm. The um. So, but like my brother did it, and he's gotten both. Um, and he both times felt like it was like the worst hangover in his life. Yeah. Which like I can't. I so mean, when like, do you, yeah? I don't know. Anyways. Oh, uh, I was just gonna. When, when do you uh, find out what sort of mutant? you become i mean like yeah so i've been on super, the watch superpower out. yeah i i've been on the watch out for special abilities um i already had super intelligence so right. i've been hoping to like and the and the ability to ooze through small cracks right, I, I right, remember that. right that was yeah so i've been hoping for something a little bit more physical um and we'll see but it was i mean it, it, they've got like the um the navy the, the guy that did it for me was a, a corpsman, um, which I think is like Navy for like a nurse's assistant or something. Um, <laughs> I had a, I had a corpsman in the Marine Corps, so it, I, I can't, uh, I can't allow you to malign them. They're the only Navy that we, um, respect. Is that, can I say that? Really? Uh, okay. Yeah, um, the the corpsmen are the only, well, you know, because they put you back together if somebody shoots you full of holes or something. Oh, right. They yeah. actually, I will say of the of the corpsmen, they actually go with the Marines, so they they have to be. And my Navy corpsman was, in any event, um, much stronger and more handsome than I was. Oh, really? Uh, so yeah, I, I got a bit of a thing about Navy corpsmen, and that's a high bar. Anyway, it's a high bar. The um, yeah, thanks, did you ever, were, you, were you ever deployed? <laughs> Uh, when you say deploy, I, I was in, I was in Okinawa for two, two and a half years. Okay. But you, we were, did, um, you weren't in. No, I was not, I was not in the shit until, yeah. until after my father was. Um, right. But, but, uh, which is a, another story in and of itself. But, you know, my father was in Afghanistan and I was, when I was going through, um, boot camp. So I don't know, I don't really know how my mother, uh, dealt with that i was 20 22 at the time okay and my father yeah he was it's it's funny because he was uh he was six months away from retirement when they called up his his uh army unit to go to afghanistan he had been he had been in marine and and he'd also been in the air force and the navy but by the time he was about to retire he was an army uh counterintelligence officer but he was reservist and six months from retirement, they called up his unit. He went to Afghanistan for a year. Was he an officer and or an NCO? He's a warrant officer. Oh, warrant nice. officer. Okay. My yeah. friend, my friend uh, in the Navy described them as uh, the guys who play video games all the time. And then when you have a piece of equipment that only they know how to fix, they come out and fix it. And then they go back to play video games. The warrant officers? Yeah. That sounds in, about in, right. In I guess that's, yeah. I guess that's, actually, no, this is, uh, this is actually sort of an interesting thing about, um, his unit was the one, who was that girl who got, who got shot up in the, in the, um, uh, the truck 
she got she got like captured in her convoy or whatever. Lindy, Lindy, and then in, no, it was uh, what uh, was her name? Yeah, is yeah, it Jessica? Yeah, Jessica something. The one yeah. that was on the cover of Time magazine in the Iraq. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh, uh, yeah. Anyway, that was that. So his unit is in the picture uh, because I think that one of his medical guys, like a few of his guys, are in the picture with her when she's being, you know, brought back uh, af- after they retrieved her and brought her back to base or whatever. She's right. on a stretcher and right. Uh, anyway, th- there's this fi- famous Time magazine cover. That's that's my my dad. Uh, another interesting thing about him is um, he, like I said, he was a counterintelligence officer, and he got to know quite a few of the of the uh, politicians who would end up being part of uh, the new Afghan government. Right. And um, uh, you know he's a he's a boomer. Kham- so Khamenei Karzai. He, so he's a he was believing <laughs> believing in kind of the he was democracy. a believer yeah 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 okay yeah, right my father's a believer uh, or at least he was at the time um, I think he's much more cynical now but uh, yeah he said that he used to sit and sit around with them at, at dinner you know he was a, he's an older guy so there's some respect there and he was also a counterintelligence officer so he was a little bit little you know a little bit further up in the food chain so he could occasionally right. hang out with like people who would become the um, the politicians in in the Afghan democracy, right? I, I I'm saying democracy with air quotes, but whatever, right? And uh, you know that, he, that should be implied he, he said, whenever the word is <laughs> used. Yeah, right. But uh, yeah, he said that he used to sit down to dinner with uh, with these guys and and um, bacha, uh, bacha pull out the constitution. <laughs> yeah, he used to pull out the constitution and say, "Look, this is what you need, right? This part right, right here." <laughs> That's a classic. And so um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Classic boomer, right? Yeah, pull out the Constitution and say, this is the part that you guys need to incorporate. This part, you can forget about. You don't need this. This, this was a mistake. But, right, uh, <laughs> right. This crossed out, right? The, um, soon, I, soon you'll be like Liberia, too. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I think, uh, and that would have been before, like, any of the blue on green violent, you know, the crazy stuff that ended up happening there. Um I think, I mean, like, you know, for the longest time, I, my position, I, I always opposed the Iraq invasion and war, um, mostly because Saddam is, was a load-bearing dictator. Um, but the, the, like, Afghanistan, I convinced myself for a long time that it was uh, correct. Um, and obviously just kind of have a different, different view, different-ish view now. Um, yeah. but it, was he old enough to be in Vietnam? Yeah. Well, he was, he was a Marine in 1970. Yeah. 70, I believe. Okay. Graduated high school in, graduated high school in 1970. And he would have been in, um, he would have been in the Marines, uh, and uh, yeah, I think, I think around 1970, 71, something like that. So okay. it would have been the tail end. Right, but uh, he wasn't. He didn't. He didn't go to Vietnam anyway. He was a um, a an electronic te- uh, electronic technician on the B two bomber, I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Th- you know, it's does funny. that make? He wait a second. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not sure that's quite right because I know he also served in the in the Navy and he served in the Navy and the Air Force. So maybe maybe he was a tech in the in the Air Force. But um, anyway, yes, he was in the Marines in 1970. But but uh, he did not go to Vietnam. It is funny. Well, he's the first person I've heard of to be in that many services. I've heard of two uh, a number of times, but the um, yeah. uh, the, 
you know, my aunt, she enlisted in like 1975 or something. No, I, would that be right? Yeah, I mean, like, because she was, she would have been born in like 55 or something. So it was like 19. And I think it was like her and her boyfriend, then boyfriend, um, they were going to like enlist. And at that time, you could get a guaranteed um, station, like guaranteed place you were stationed or a guaranteed skill like MOS. And so like yeah. they, they were going to sign up and ask for Alaska so that they could uh, prospect for gold in, the, <laughs> in their downtime or something. I don't like, yeah. And um, she got like talked love, to. Love of country. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, like, and she was like pretty smart. So she um, said, uh, I think she got like talked into going and like doing something with computers or something. And so they broke up and she did that. But because whatever, like technically she enlisted before withdrawal from Vietnam. Um, yeah. She is counted as a Vietnam era veteran, right which, right? right, which gets you. And so, like, she's she then like later in life like ended up working for the IRS, and you get all sorts of like preferential um, right. hi- hiring treatment for the government and everything like that. Well, you know, this is it's interesting that you use that phrasing because um, you remember the uh, Covington, what was it, the Covington High School? You know that whole thing with the the. Yeah, yeah, blessed, yeah, yeah. Blessed Native yeah. American drummer in that kid's face. Right, right. Uh, I before before that whole thing blew up, I was telling all of my family on Facebook, this guy is clearly a liar because the stuff that he was saying about his service was, um, you know, there, there. I guess you could say it's a shibboleth or whatever. It's a, you know, there, yeah. there's certain phrasing, there's certain phrasing of things that the guy was saying all wrong. You said Vietnam era vet, which is the proper way to say it. Right. And this guy was saying, I'm what you would call a Vietnam times vet, which is just right. a weird, it's a weird thing to say. Right. Uh, and, and then there was another thing that he said, which was, um, I, wa- I, I was a recon ranger. I think that's what he called himself, a recon ranger. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Vietnam, and I knew that he was uh, he was a liar because I think the I think that the that Marine I think that Force Recon it's didn't Force recon. come yeah. about. Was it later? Yeah, yeah, I think that for yeah, I think it was a little bit later than Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So Force Recon, like it started like six months. I, I don't know, very very close to the end of Vietnam, and this guy would have had to been like seventeen at the time anyway, but. Uh, yeah, we, you know, Marines don't say recon rangers. Rangers are the army and recon right. force recon is the the Marines. And it turned out obviously that the guy later it turned out that he did he was a refrigerator repairman in, uh, in like South Dakota or something. Right. Um but he, he uh, yeah, it, it's funny. I mean, yeah, so I I I never served. I I've had um for work reasons, a lot of uh, interaction, not my current job, long ago, a lot of interaction with the military, um, and, and my brother is enlisted. And so, like, I, I know enough to pick that up, because you, 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 you do get that um, quite a bit, like, especially with, like, homeless people, whatever. Um, so, yeah. like, you know, if you know, like, enough where you can, like, call them out on their BS, usually not with homeless people, because, like, um, like, a vagrant they could be like high or something and get really angry if they find out that you know that they're full of crap. 
Well, um, this this guy, you know, I I, I wouldn't want to hate him because right. he's clearly off, right? Right, you know? right. I, I, and he did serve in the military, but he's he's clearly mentally un yes unwhole, and uh, so. Anyway, this is 100% the, the media to blame here for, for lionizing for this guy. For amplifying who was, it, yeah. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and trying to crucify some, whatever, 17-year-old kid or whatever. Yeah. I mean, they so rarely, rarely do that. 17-year-old um, child. The, um, so anyway, <laughs> yeah, I, I, just to get back to the vaccine, so, so that is... Um, yeah. Well, we can tie this in. We can tie this in because the the question is, why are you leaving America anyway? I mean, like, what's the what's well, your yeah? I mean, what's your I, what's your top three <laughs> reasons yeah, top three for getting reasons. out? I mean, I mean, one is just just pro- professional professional circumstances make it um, a lot. It just makes a lot more sense to be there right now. So that's a good tie in, um, you know. But I, I think. Part of it is certainly there's a level of chaos um, and uncertainty um, in the U.S. Like and and not not even like politically, just the economy and what um, people are going to be doing uh, over the next several years. I, I just feel a lot more confident in what's going on in Asia um, and and opportunities, even even for an outsider there um to to see growth and development um yeah i i think that that would be the 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 core things um i'm not like rage quitting because of you know joe biden being president i think that's kind of irrelevant um and so like the plans were in place a long time before that um but i I think i mean like the, the the bigger question is then like okay how long do you plan to to be there? Um, because there's, you know, it's not like I'm going there for like a set two year rotation or something. It's kind of ill ill defined, um, and and that's a question I don't really have a great answer to yet. Um, just because there are so many questions, um, you know, questions about the schools, qual- you know, in the U.S. quality of education. Um, the content of education and everything. It's just, uh, I don't mean to be codgerly, but I think it, it has become just a completely different country from the one that you and I grew up in. Um, oh, definitely. You know, and, and the amount of, yeah, I'm a pretty like cynical guy, but not a complete pessimist. Um, and I think that the there there is way too much cynicism and anti, like the wrong sort of cynicism um guiding way way too much especially in like the educational sphere um you know i was just reading scrolling twitter and like somebody had made the point that i think you can go too far with but like that japan the way that the educational system is set up is like explicitly patriotic and I, I think, that, I mean, like that in itself can be kind of dangerous. Like I said, I mean, like, you know, the, the Bush era and the Iraq war was a high point for patriotism, like a completely misplaced patriotism from a big part, in my opinion, from a big part of, um, of society. So you, you can't like go that way. But I mean, 
having an educational system that fundamentally like you know starts from the position of love for the country and the people and everything like that um, is much healthier than what we have now um, oh right yeah uh, yeah and, and um, without, without even getting into the fact that like they don't teach math anymore um, oh yeah but let's get into the fact because didn't I see just today that what was it Virginia or West West Virginia has decided they're not going to do I think it was Virginia decided they're not going to do um, advanced math up until twelfth grade now because eleventh grade I, yeah it's right um, yeah so like they're going to before like in many states uh, the way that Virginia dealt with reality was by having a two two track system. Uh, maybe for math and English, I don't know, but it, it, yeah, for math. Um, and so they're going to, uh, yeah, not have the accelerated until 11th grade, which is way too late. Like if you are uh, gifted at math and want to do it, I, what I think that the workaround then will be is that um, uh, students will be moved ahead of grade. You know, like you'll be a ninth right. grader and doing 11th grade math or something. I mean, Many teachers, especially math teachers, are not, I think, disposed to letting a kid like flounder like that. But it, it's like, why, why even make them go through these sorts of weird mechanisms? Uh, it, it's it's pretty unhealthy. But I, I think that's like practically what it will do. But again, it's like, what's the signal? The signal is as well. We believe in this like Harrison Bergeron or whatever. Um, uh, e equality of uh, ability or something. I don't know. I mean, like, it's just, it's just insane. We also don't know what kind of like fake budget stuff is behind a decision like that to like, oh, we need to like cut down the number of um, teachers that we're hiring or something. But, um, but, you know, fundamentally the way that it's like pitched is ideological and kind of a toxic ideology, right? Yeah. Yes. And then, I, when and I was then, in school, yeah, go ahead. Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say when when I was in school, um, middle school, I can remember at least we we did it in what were called pods. I was a pod, red pod, orange pod, yellow pod, something like that, right? Maybe the colors of the rainbow. And so the there were at least five tracks in middle school. And then two tracks in high school. So you got sorted into, um, you know, like Red Pod was number one. Uh, the, high, the most intellectual children were in that one. And then it went all the way down to the bottom. And then in high school, it was separated into college prep and, um, what do you call it, uh, vocational. And then in college prep, you had not just the college prep, prep, prep track, but you also had the AP you know, so you could additionally you could do the AP, and then of course there was like academic team and literary club, literary team or whatever. I got my letter jacket from nice. academic academic team because I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't athletic. So as you can imagine, none of us nerds bought one because we didn't get we, we didn't want to get beaten up for wearing a right. letter jacket that had like right. a, like an L for literary team on it. But uh, yeah, that's what that's the way it was when I was a kid. Like they they sorted you into. Yeah. into these different pods, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, you, you have to sort of have stuff with that. I mean, I, I think that what what increasingly is happening is like parents are just 
paying for tutoring outside of schools um, to, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, <clears throat> but it's, it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all sort of like bizarre and like it, it goes up to, I mean, I was at uh, a talk at a university, um, the top one, say, I think in the last two years, I can't remember. Um, but it was, um, you know, somebody was talking, it was, it was all about like artificial intelligence and, and, um, and uh, labor issues. Um, so what is it going to do to disrupt, um, you know, jobs and everything that exists now? And um, actually, like a, a lot of the more stable jobs are going to be in uh, not menial, but, you know, inherently physical uh, type of labor, such as like being a plumber or something. But, um, but they, they were talking about sort of these like so-called digital divide issues and the words came out of this one guy's mouth. He's like, you know, talent is equally distributed and like that can't possibly be true. Um, and it's, I, I don't know, uh, there's there's sure. this like inherently like American um, mindset that has, has happened. I don't think it's like classically American or anything, but it's just like the, um, the, the point that basically has been like the um, ideological equilibrium is uh, everybody is the same and right. anything that seems to reveal that that's not true has to that we have to put a lot of energy into stamping it out. Um, yeah, I, I think that yeah. when you say it's not it's not inherently American, I think um, it, it there's this strain uh, that comes from like forgive me for saying this that comes from northeastern a particular strain of northeastern madness, uh, the universalist religion, you know, coming out of. Uh, Massachusetts, for instance, which is, you know, the like you have the Quaker, the the glowing ball of light or whatever, right? That makes us all equal, right? Um, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into it, but it, it is a strain though. That's that that kind of goes through all of um, American thinking, but there it is certainly. Um, I don't know where you where you would. If you want to historicize it, I don't know where you'd start, but probably the '60s with the the sort of most recent strain of liberalism. But um, yeah, it's it, what what has made it go to this sort of weird fevered pitch? Because like when I the I left America for the last time in 2014, and I haven't been back, and I haven't had an interest in being back. And since then, I, I look at America from the outside now. Um, you know, land that I love. And uh, I think that when you say that you're not cynical, it, it seems to me that people who continue to live in America, it's like the, the frog in the pot. You know, you're slowly boiling. But I check in occasionally over mm. the course of six years. And to me, from the outside, it looks like they've, it looks like Americans have completely lost the plot well there's there's i mean uh, i know you you don't like the term and i think it is overused but there's a cope right yeah and there's there's a lot of cope 
Um, uh-huh. And I think like even things that were sort of like true 15 years ago, say, or like, you know, um, less so by the time that you left, but, you know, you, you could convince yourself, okay, um, the U.S. has these problems, we're like, we're like light years ahead with infrastructure or something. And right. I, I drive around on the highways and they don't go to the right places. You can't build a new one. They're falling apart. I mean, like visibly falling apart. Um, yeah. And like, it's just, you, you can't at all hang your head on them. Um, it takes forever to do like anything. I mean, like, um, so, so that there's, there's just like all of this um, stuff like, oh, we're, we're so far ahead in, you know, we're talking about like going to the moon, right? I mean, like that yeah. was, you know, World War I is closer to the moon landing than we are to the moon landing, right? So right. it's just yeah. like ancient, ancient history. Get over it, you know. And it, it, so it comes from like both sides. Um, you know, you have the like unironic griller with the um, wife beater, if you'll pardon the expression, T-shirt saying back-to-back World War champs. Um, how old is the last cohort of World War II veterans at this point? You know, well in their 90s, yeah. I think. So it, it's like that. And then, you know, you can look at it all that critically itself. So it's, you, you know, you have that kind of... Um, weird mindset um that just doesn't understand and then it gets directed at this like okay anti-chinese communist party like and it's like that becomes the bugman of like oh you know we're we're far ahead of them they're still kind of um totally like backwards and everything it's like no like you know go there like it's like wealthier yeah. and wealthier I, I, now i want to interge- interject because yeah. this is a huge point for me which is to say that a form of american cope is they they can't talk really about infrastructure in the sense that they're more advanced than china because that's just not true anymore right and so it seems that the cope has taken we are the defenders of human rights. Uh, you guys, you've got, you know, you've got your concentration camps or whatever, but we are, we'll always be superior because we have human rights. And so what you get is, what you get is that the claims about China become outrageous. I think that, um, you know, I, I mean, I know for a fact that they're outrageous because I live yeah. here, but... Uh, but but they just are on the face outrageous. But they but Americans sort of buy them, you know, fully because they have this intense need to remain superior in some way. So it has to be moral superiority. And you see that this actually is sort of a mirroring of what happens in Hong Kong. Hong Kong's got the same sort of you know they they were always superior to mainland China right for uh, since the since the British were there. And that is what quite a lot of the Hong Kong protest, unrest, whatever you want to call it, uh, hinged on was just the the fact that Hong Kong has fallen. I, I think it's I think it's fallen down to almost out of the top ten most important ports in uh, for in China now, yeah. and 
you know, there's just, just quite a lot of, of, of discontent around that, not being able to find jobs and whatnot. But still, that whole thing was about being, you know, superior in at least, at least uh, ethically, morally superior to mainland China. Right. And so well, it's like, what you're you, seeing out of the... So well, I was just going to say, I mean, like, um, yeah, even, you know, I don't, I don't even, like, know how to express it. I was trying to, like, formulate, you know, even if you think of, like, okay, like, civil liberties, right? Um, you know, the fact that, like, let's look at... There, there are very few um, places that most people uh, actually run into a civil liberties issue in general, you know, with the police. Or whatever but like the one time when mo- many people do is like flying right like tsa yeah. and like i will tell you in china as somebody who flies probably more in china than in the u.s um but like the uh professionalism and pragmatism of the security people in china is like much more reasonable uh <laughs> like respectful than in the u.s right like if you go through the security line with like a bottle of baby formula um you know they might make you like taste it or something and then they'll let you through like they're not gonna throw you into the interrogation chamber um right. which which has happened to me in the u.s you know so it's like oh, it's happened to, happened to me as well yeah 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 so it's like you know it's, it's just come on like get get real here um yeah, it's it's bizarre. The and as a matter of fact, my um, my mother, uh, she has this she has this sort of opinion about um, China just from you know seeing what she sees on the television. But I cannot I cannot express to people enough that the situation the situation is is much more comfortable, much more organized. It it it's a it's a country that you know puts its puts its people first. And has a sort of singular vision of what a Chinese person is, and so you have this. Um, you know, everybody's Chinese. If you're in China, you're Chinese. There's no, uh, there's no two factions or three factions or eight factions who are viciously. Not to say that uh, no one will believe me if I don't if I don't speak ill as well. Not to say that it right. doesn't have its problems, but it's um, for me oh, it at has, least it's, it's much more comfortable has, to be has, in China. Has, has plenty of problems. I mean, I think that, but but the the problems are often like not those that we we quote unquote think of. You know, so, so like the problems are not so much on like you know freedom, right? Uh, I mean, it kind of is. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff like religion and and certain kinds of speech and stuff like that that I I don't like their approach, but. You know, I mean, there's there's like corruption um, and everything, but I mean, it's it's the same, right? I mean, it's um, is and it's sort of ridiculous. I mean, I think, you know, many years ago, uh, J.P. Morgan, uh, in particular, but a number of the Wall Street banks got in trouble for hiring uh, like princeling types, so um, relatives right. of uh, powerful people in China for jobs or internships or whatever in Hong Kong and they got in trouble and I think fined. I, I'm not sure what exactly like the punishment was, but it was kind of humiliating partly because and this is where it got a little bit extreme. Some of them did not speak English, but like the, um, 
you know, do they do they not hire senators, nephews and sons and stuff in the US? They give me a break. Of course they do. So I think it yeah, I guess I mean like what what I object to is not people criticizing China and like aspects of it. I mean like that it, it's like that there is some sort of like American exceptionalism where people are saying that that sort of stuff doesn't happen here. Right. Uh, which is nonsense. We would never kill a political prisoner. No. For instance. No, <laughs> no. Or, or like hold somebody. I mean, like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not like a Julian Assange guy. Like that's not, a, right. Yeah. yeah I don't yeah, even yeah. know if that's how you pronounce his name. He's like not somebody that I want to have a beer with, but, um, you know, it's like, He's kind of like he did a journalism, right? And I, I'm not even clear what his supposed crime is supposed to have been. Um, and it's I think just, the Assange, uh, the Assange thing hinges on uh, sexual assault, though. Um, that well, that was he, no, that was the pretext. So that was there was something in Sweden, which like Sweden no longer wants to prosecute him for. Right, and but I'm I'm saying I wasn't that the wasn't that the pretext on, under which they arrested him in the first place. Yeah, I or wanted I, wanted to I, arrest I, him. I, that's why they wanted to, but I think I think he's like held for some other reason, right? You know, I mean, like no, um, I, I understand that he's yeah, a political yeah, prisoner, yeah, yeah, but what yeah, I'm yeah, saying the pre yeah. the pretext, right? Right, right, yeah. Well, no, no, I I I don't know. Well, jeez, yeah. Anyway, not, it doesn't matter. Not like I whatever. I mean, like you know, it's it's. It, it, but it's like nonsense, you know, I mean, like, so that, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like clearly a political thing. Um, you know, I, I, the, the case that always comes to my mind is, uh, do you, you recall the Benghazi, um, events, uh, 9-11, mm. 2012, and that's a long time ago. And like they, uh, arrested the guy who made that innocence of Muslims, um, like oh, yeah. like just like absurd that the like, video yeah. not, not even like be <laughs> i mean i watched it i mean it's like like completely really ridiculous. badly made. and like so yeah. it was made it was made by this coptic um guy in los angeles and they they arrested him for tax issues and then obama went on one of like his like apology tour things um, and like, the, like no question, like they projected to the Middle East and like Muslim Brotherhood types. We arrested him for making that video, right? Like mm -hmm. they, they're they're not saying like, oh, you know, he he just happened to have done some like tax evasion, and we really don't like that, and we believe in freedom of speech, and so the video is fine. I mean, like you know, that's that's not. I mean, first of all, the video had nothing to do with anything. But it was a convenient thing to blame, and the guy got thrown in jail, and it's fucking yep. absurd. So anyway, I mean, I mean, you know, so that 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 stuff happens, and like I, I think that you know we can think about like a lot of other things, and so it's it's it is definitely like cope and ignorant to think that um, there still is some kind of like an exceptional thing about how the U.S. approaches these. Yeah. You if you wanted to, I mean, if you wanted a more sort of like picture perfect juxtaposition for that story, so that that story gives you this suggests to you that 
um, you know, the, the U.S. is not taken, taken seriously as a sovereign um, by other sovereign nations mm-hmm. in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you can, you can juxtapose that with, uh, what was it that the, uh, China got something like 27 countries to be signatories on its letter saying that they supported how China was dealing with the situation in Xinjiang. And, and all of, like 80% of those countries were Muslim countries. So mm-hmm. this ju- sort of juxtaposed, like a serious country, you know, that is taken seriously in the world is able to do what it wants and get other countries to support it or, or right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Xinjiang stuff is itself like so, so interesting. So I, I've been there. I, I, I can't remember. Have you, have you been there? Um, I have not. I yeah. I will say though that I have friends, because you know Sichuan is is um, full pretty, of of Uyghurs right. actually. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I do have I have a lot I have a lot of friends who are Uyghurs. So I, well, not a lot, but I have several friends who are Uyghurs, and and they tell yeah. me what it's like. They're they're what they have what they have said to me. And I'll make this short so you can get to your story. But what they've said to me is it's a huge inconvenience. Yeah. Um, they they. Uh, there was a period of time where I couldn't, I didn't have my passport. Um, they kept my passport for a little while, so I couldn't travel. And that's it. That, that has really been the extent of my, you know, for, yeah. I guess you could say firsthand experience. I don't yeah, want to sound so, like an so, apologist because, because, you know, who yeah, knows? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I, just, I, just I, my, I like my personal experience. Critical. Yeah. I mean, so, so I knew, I knew a Uyghur like pretty well in 2006, um, in, in Beijing and like he was a medical student and his attitude, the, his description was, and his attitude was, it was basically like apartheid South Africa. Um, uh, you know, right. just like, a, you know, very limited opportunities back home, but, but he felt much better being in Beijing. Cause he was like, here, I'm just kind of like an oddity. And actually like some people want to be friends with me because of my background and everything. And so mm. I, I'm just, I'm not going back um, because there it, it really sucks. So, um, so, so that was like his view. Um, I, I've been there once and uh, pre any of this stuff, I think it was 2013. Um, and it, but it, yeah, I mean, it was, it was like, even that, I mean, you know, just a huge police presence. Um, and you well, had, that would have been before the, that would have been even before the subway attack, wasn't it? Wasn't the subway it, attack like 2014 or 15, something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, but it was like after. I mean, like there were like a bunch of... Um, they, there had been a pre- previous attacks, yeah. There was, there was one yeah, in 2011. It, mostly in mostly like outs, outside of Xinjiang. I think like, you know, like uh, yeah. the the, um, the Kuming uh, train station, I think one of well, there was, you know, there was one in the market. There was one in the market, and then there was the one uh, in the train station. So there's one in the market right. uh, that killed more than 50, I think, and then the train station was something like 70 people as well. So anyway, yeah. I just... Yeah, uh, no, those, and, I, and, I, and I, can't, I can't remember when the bombing in Tiananmen Square was. Remember, there was like a, a car that uh, yeah. rammed something or had some explosives. So, but it, it, there were some of these things going on. Um, you know, we got we would get stopped on the highway, but as soon as the police got in the car and like realized it was all foreigners, we would let go. And I was there for work. But the um uh what happened, um so I went to Turfan, uh, which is like an oasis area um that is now a Han colony. Han Chinese have been in Xinjiang forever. 
um, or at least since like Ming Qing Dynasty that time, and like places like Arumqi are actually majority Han. Um, <clears throat> and well, if you if you if you ask the 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 true, I'm not gonna the the real died in the wool Han guys online, right, they'll say right. it. It was it was theirs first, right? Mm. Sure, whatever. Anyway. I mean, like you know, yeah, and um, the. So, but I mean, like a few weeks after I was in Turpan, like it got lit up by East Turkestan terrorists. Um, I can't remember how many people died. I could look it up. I think it was like a big deal. Um, so we, like we, do, we don't say, we don't say East Turkestan on this podcast. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, like, you know, well that, that's just like what they're, uh, I can't remember what they Yeah. What they call themselves. Is, right? But it was, um, <laughs> you know, so, so there was those sorts of things. I mean, I, I the thing is, is. Something very, very unpleasant is going on there. Um, yeah. where, where my BS detector went off when everything was sort of like starting to come to light was the amount of access that Western journalists were getting to Xinjiang to be able to like be around these centers at least. Yeah. Um, when did it start? In like, you know, 2016, 17, I, I can't remember. But like, you know, because I've known journalists in China and like they, they would fly to Xinjiang without a permit. And like get met at the airport and we're told like, you know, get on the first flight to not Xinjiang, right? You know, and it's just, you couldn't go there on a journalism visa without some approval. And people were being allowed to go there and stuff. So, So obviously there was like some part of the government that was like not comfortable with what was going on or something. I don't know. I mean, there was, there was just some like light on it. The, uh, and, and just and i don't want to get into like a long background of what is up in xinjiang but basically um the situation until at least until recently and still sort of is there are two governments there there is like the like on paper um you know government and party just like any the 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 government then the party um those two structures like everywhere else but then there's this organization called the bintuan which is basically mm. like an army corps of engineers that owns the whole racket. And they are uh, basically running, running the place. And I think that probably the whole program started with, with that and got out of hand or something like that. But, you know, if, if you look, I mean, it's, um, in my opinion, I mean, like it's, it's sort of ridiculous to call it a genocide. You know, because and it, it's so like unconstructive, right? Because that will yeah. only get China to to dig in, and in reality, like what they're doing is very, very similar to, you know, in North America, what was done with you know Native American schools and everything in Oklahoma or Canada, right. um, and everything. And, and should, I would say, should, I would yeah. say that a that a realistic, yeah, if you just wanted like a short realistic answer they they're they're never gonna and the nobody in the west is ever going to accept this but it's yeah it's exactly like what you're saying it's it's education as a let's say compulsory education right uh right and and that is not you know it doesn't fit it doesn't fit with sort of our western values but that's what's it's education or re-education whatever you want to call it on a massive scale compulsory there's no way of getting out of it, it, it uh, well, as well we, as yeah. familial pressure, I guess you could say, yeah. to make sure that these ties that, you know, they, previously they had ties to 
Middle Eastern, um, or I should say, Muslim world. Um, and like a, a tur- tur- like Turkic identity and everything. I mean, like right, um, right, Turkic identity as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that's 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 just being severed is what's happening. Um, and yeah, I think but, that what is, I think that what the the deal is is that they're being exactly as severe, right? You know, as they ha- you know, it's like a surgeon cutting out a cutting out a tumor. Hey, I guess hey, you'd say hey, hey, to hey, some exactly. to some extent you're you're doing something brutal there. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I'm sure that, I mean, yeah, there, and there's plenty about it. That's like unpleasant. Yeah. The U S went through similar things, uh, say like around world war one with Germans, uh, you know, basically forcing right. people to be monolingual. So, um, I, I'm not trying to do like a, what about ism or anything. It's just, uh, yeah, let's, uh, you know, be, be, uh, have a little bit of like distance with what's, what's actually going on there. And, and I'm kind of encouraging people with whom I normally agree with on things like don't get caught up in basically, um, your own version of Russiagate where it's just this like absurd, ridiculous anti-Russian hysteria, um, for no reason. I, I mean, my personal feeling is my personal feeling is is it's unfortunate. It's I, I actually do feel for them because they, like yeah, I, I said, too. a lot yeah. of them suffer. You know, familial pressure and you know the compulsory education thing is is well, right. Um, I mean, my because I mean, my to the extent that I have like political convictions, it's mostly around subsidiarity, right, and the, the right. smallest local government capable right. the, the smallest local uh, capable government should be making this decision and and obviously that's not what happens in china um and uh outside of some some things but it's uh well see yeah, I, I, mean, I will i will argue this i will argue this as well as people people who think that there's any any sane road for uh china getting out of you know tibet or xinjiang or any or mongolia the part of mongolia it owns it's never going to happen. It was always inevitable that they would have to take over these buffer states and administer them, right? And they had, when this happened, they had the geo, geopolitical forces, the things that surrounded them. They had to defend the Chinese heartland by having buffer states. And so just, you know, if, if you think that, that there's going to be any independence at all or anything like that, put it out of your mind. Uh, it's not going to happen, right? So, yeah. so China's got to administer those areas, right, uh, and try to cynicize them. Yeah, that's I just mean, real ju- politic. Yeah, exactly. From like a realist <laughs> uh, standpoint, I mean, you know, because without that, it has very little territory. It's not defensible, um, right? You know, a lot of. I mean, Xinjiang is a lot of agriculture. I mean, the climate is. It is the part of America, or the the world. Um, that is the farthest away from any ocean. Um, yeah. But it, it has like a Mediterranean climate in parts of it. Um, some like ridiculous amount of the world's tomatoes come from there. Um, cotton now as everybody is learning. Um, so it's, uh, I'm, anyway. I, I don't know when I'll ever get to <laughs> Back that, to, but. yeah, I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll ever go there either, but um, uh, we do have some friends who've been there. And, um, yeah, more recently uh, than I was, um, right? And yeah, um, you know, like they said, they 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 told us that the security's security's beefed up, but it's basically, you know, it's a normal normal metropolis. Uh, yeah, in the big cities, I suppose. 
except with increased security, obviously. Yeah. Uh, or I should say police presence and, and monitoring. Anyway, back to, back to the original thing, which was um, why, you're, why you're going to China despite, despite all. And there was this, there was this um, essay that I read from Scott Lachlan. I'll put it on the website, but uh, it was about the, the um, brain drain from Russia after the oh, whites right. lost yeah. the civil yeah. after the whites lost the civil war and uh, you know the the years following that persecutions not not just from that but you know we, they, they had to um the noblemen who who were on the side of the whites were had, had to leave uh or face being gulagged or whatever or killed so we ended up with with quite a lot of these um high IQ russians and and quite a lot of them our, our aerospace industry uh, we already knew well, like that, you know, like Operation Sikorsky, K- yeah, yeah. Sikorsky came over, yeah, right. Um, and then uh, a lot of the other early uh, aviation um, people. People know Sikorsky from from the um, helicopter, but he was actually a general aviation general mm-hmm. aviationist. So quite a lot of our um, f- of our aviation came from these uh, Russian. Our, our early av- aviation came from these Russians who who ended up immigrating. Um, so that was, that was what that essay is about. It's a very interesting essay. And, um, uh, he made the point that everybody he knows, um, he's himself a, a scientist. Every, everybody he knows is checking out or thinking about checking out. I'm sure that that's a, uh, an extreme. And also he's biased because I think he's sort of on the right politically. So he's hearing, you know, people who sound more like us than, than probably his lefty friends. But I find that that's true as well. We know, for instance, I'm not going to name any names, but we know we know people, uh, several people in technology who have um, taken off for, you know, Eastern Europe or Central Europe. Um, there's you. I have le- not like I'm a big loss to the United States, but you know, uh, a lot of our friends, all most of our friends, I think, in our our little sphere anywhere, are expats who are, in my opinion undervalued in the empire <laughs> maybe yeah. because because uh either because of our our um, political opinions or because you know we're just the wrong sort of human i don't know uh, and well, also they, i don't yeah. think that uh the last thing is i i also don't think that that america is really currently um optimizing its education to useful job pipeline so you end right. you end up with a lot of people who are, you know, coming up with more complex mathematical ways to steal money from each other, but you know, not exactly. so many doing basic science or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, at this point, and it's interesting because Russia itself benefited from um, a lot of uh, English and especially Scottish that left because of. Uh, because they were Catholic or, you know, other, other reasons that they did not like um, the Glorious Revolution and stuff like that. And so they, if you read like um, Peter the Great's incognito travels, he was like accompanied by Scottish engineers and stuff. So it's, yeah. uh, there's this, this has happened before. I think, you know, so right now, the people that are making these moves are, and it's not just to China or anything, but it's, um, more like people whose job can be anywhere, you know, um, you know, even before COVID, you know, the programmers it's right. like where it's like, literally, you just don't need to be there. 
the question is, is does China or does somebody else um, create the sort of like hard infrastructure that you need to absorb um, experts in fields where you, you sort of need something a little bit more substantial, like in healthcare yeah. or, or uh, engineering type things? And I, I think they might, um, you know, so, so far... Uh, it's it's been kind of like just one off, and it's been. More I've seen rumblings. At, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's I, I think it's worth talking about getting, the, the rumblings. So yeah. for one, one yeah. for instance, is is the green card seems to be getting a little bit a little bit easier to get, and also yeah. uh, have be a little bit more useful because basically, I, sh- I should say it's up to now it hasn't been. Well, you couldn't even useful. use it to like buy a, a train ticket, right? You still needed a passport. Right. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. like the worst, that's the worst thing. You can't, you can't, as a foreigner, you can't buy a, a train ticket in China uh, online, which is crazy because that means you have to go to the train station, show some ID at the counter. Um, whereas a, you know, a normal Chinese person has a national ID they can just use online, get there. And then when they show up at the, they show up at the, the train station, I think they just now, I may be wrong about this. You may not need the physical ticket now. You can just scan mm. your face. Uh, I'm sure this is the truth somewhere, but when you're going into the train station, a Chinese national, um, they don't have to they don't have to check you in or anything like that. You just right. uh, as you walk through the gate, it scans your face and allows yeah. you in if you have bought a ticket. Um, yeah, so that kind of thing. Uh, so they're Which, actually like, by the, nice by the like way, a, like so then it, like the the response, like the libertarian re response right, yeah. is. Oh, that's such like an invasion of privacy. Yeah. Now, like realizing yeah. like that sort of thing happens. It's like, and that happens yeah. in the U.S., but not in a way that makes your life more convenient. Right. 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 Uh, I mean, like, like the the trade off yeah, yeah, yeah. in China is like, you know, you you like lose freedom, and like it, it at least like you get paid off. In this makes your life right. easier, not worse. Convenience. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, because in in America we you get the same thing, but they're using it to you know accuse you of jaywalking because you've got exactly. the wrong politics or something. Yeah. Um, y- yeah. Uh, then there's the other thing, which is that um, now this just happened to me last year. They started. Uh, they they passed a law that allows me to get social security. So if I work fifteen or twenty years, I, I have to check that. But if I work, you know basically a, a full term of life, whatever you want to say, in, in China and pay my taxes. Uh, I'm now paying Social Security. So if I retire here, I have Social Security benefits. Um, that's new as of like uh, maybe two years ago. Right. Um, Which, oh, by the way, like on the other side, the U.S. is doing everything that it can to basically not gut. pay you. Right. Um. And I'm sure that it's, you know, there, there are a lot of other benefits. So, for instance, if you are considered a high-value get, they will allow you to buy property in places like Hainan or whatever, you know, uh, in Sanya. You can, you know, buy some nice beach property, which is not allowed to just anybody. You have to, right. you know, the government has to sort of allow you to do that based on how cool you are, uh, high, how high-value you are. If you don't, if yeah. you don't come from there, that is. Yeah. So um, I mean, like we, you know, without without kind of wanting to be accused of being tankies, um, you know, yeah. I think there's there's definitely like a plenty of criticism uh, you could have. Oh yeah. But I mean, just, just want to have be neutral about it. Yeah. You know? 
Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think because I know that I sound uh, like very pro-China, but I think that the only reason that I do sound pro-China is because I sound normal about the country. I think. Right. Um, uh, whereas I think that the American response to China right now, at least, is insane. Um, it's histrionic, I, I guess you might say. Uh, like I, I, I have my list of things that are annoying about China, but um, yeah, you know, it's it's. In my mind, it's better place to live in twenty years, likely, than America. Uh, just because I feel like I personally would be, I I, I have a political, my, I have a minority view politically, and so I think that that would uh, make certainly the job that I do and make the job that I do much harder. Having having vo- being vocal about my political opinions in America will be impossible. Um, well, now inc- I'm like increasingly, a, increasingly, you know, it, it, the the choice of being silent is uh, yeah not available, right? And that that's right. that's the major major difference. Oh right, yeah, like the, yeah. And see, this is another thing that doesn't happen in China now. I, I, and I could criticize here because I can tell you that the things that you can't talk about, you can't criticize the government. Uh, by which I mean the things that they care about. Like you can't you can't have adverse opinions about. Xinjiang or Hong Kong or whatever, right? Uh, it's just not, and you and you also can't talk about the president or I, about the chairman, uh, even to say anything positive. Like if you're at work, you can't you can't say anything glowing about him uh, or negative, right? Because it can be anything can be taken in the wrong context, so people just don't talk about him. And so, uh, you know, those those are some. Those are some annoyances, I suppose you could say, or political, uh, you know, for, for people who um, believe that the best way forward is is liberal speech policy, let's say. But uh, that's it. You know, you never have anybody come after you. And there are another another thing that is is a big um, uh, is big in my mind is is that um, there it, because there's because there is a single party with with more or less a single voice i mean you know we can we can talk about infighting and stuff like that but more or less a single voice there's no reason to sort of split the people uh you know so you don't have the there's no there's no reason to use men against women with a political wedge right so you right. so you don't have the same angry voices of women of course there's feminism and of course there was like the was it the me too the uh what was it, Rice Bunny movement? Yeah, but that, that was an squash op, that was and stuff an like that. That was an op. Yeah, these these are sort of like one off. They're they're not like glo- uh, national social movements, right? Uh, and so you don't have this sort of animosity between men and women just on a regular. There's no competition. Well, you know, there's a little bit, but right. uh, it's it, there's there's no like. Um, sort of like boiling anger among, among women against men for uh, whatever perceived injustice or vice versa. No, no, right? Nothing, nothing just, beyond, nothing beyond what would be like biologically happening. Right, right, right. Naturally. A fairly biologically normal, right, right, right. right. Um, just the, the normal sex stuff basically. But uh, yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no external pressure because there's just no, there's no point. It doesn't serve any purpose under their, political system to, to drive a wedge. And so the same is the case with the racial situation. Um, they have a fairly, you know, uh, obviously Chinese people themselves are quite racist, but <laughs> that doesn't play yeah. out. 
in in the public sphere because it doesn't serve it doesn't it's, not serve, allowed it, it's to, counter right. to the interests of right yeah, yeah. it's counter to the interests of the party so so you know racial animosity uh, open open racial animosity now uh, if it's Japanese obviously that does serve the purpose of the party right. so that's perfectly legitimate but yeah so so what I'm saying is that living in an environment like that is is much more pleasant because I never 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 have to hear any yapping from men or women about how the other is awful yeah never yeah. have to hear uh you know i don't spend my life listening to uh, all of the racial griev- grievances or whatever and another thing is that covid is dead so i never have to hear about covid right, right? I, so what does it doesn't even talk about my, right yeah there's the, uh, you know we talk about we talk about playing mahjong and loving our kids. It's weird, man. Right. These right. awful people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at least, at least you know what you're going to get. Thank you for listening. Please visit us at www.thestack.link or find us on Twitter at thestack.link, all one word. And please remember to like and subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. I'm Josh, and with Andy, we are The Stack.